Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Dop Differently. Jeremy Kalmanowski with you here at Learning Tracks at Yoma, page Nunzayan, or 57. The page uh, actually begins with one of the most wonderful homilies in rabbinic literature. Uh, the rabbis are, like Jews throughout the ages, anxious at their religious competitors. And as you can imagine, uh, Christianity is one, and Islam is another, and, and Islam is not in Talmudic times, but uh, but our, the bottom last line on page 56 begins with an attack by what's called a Sadducee to Rabbi Hanina. I think all, all things being equal, it's probably an imagined Jewish Christian who says to Rabbi Hanina, you know, I, I read right here in the Book of Lamentations, Tumata uh, Bishuleha, your, her, uh, impurity is in her skirts, that is to say, you people are impure. You Jews, or your style of Jews, has gone off the off the track. You are impure. And the Bible attests to it. And Rabbi Hanina answers, with re- reference to the tabernacle, that it is shochen itam betoch tumotam, that the tabernacle dwells with them in the midst of their impurity. Afilu shehem tmeim, afilu bizman shehem tmeim, even when the people are impure, Shechina Shruya Benehem, the divine presence still rests within them. So religion doesn't have to make you perfect, because in God's grace, God sticks with the people even when they are at their worst. Now, in the course of our page, which as as you if you've been following along, you remember we're talking about some incredibly detailed uh, parts of the of the Yom Kippur ritual and the sprinkling of the blood. Most of our page is taken up with a question that I confess to not being able to get terribly excited about, the theoretical question of what happens if the bull's blood got mixed up with the goat's blood and you don't know which you're sprinkling when. But in the course of it, the Babylonian sage Rava makes a proposal for how you should deal with that uncertainty. He proposes that simply one time sprinkling that mingled blood, one time, one series, one up and seven downwards should satisfy. And that is responded to with a very sharp word by a figure called Rabbi Yermia, Rabbi Jeremiah, who says, those foolish Babylonians, Bavlai Tipshai, those foolish Babylonians, Mishum didaire be'ara dechashucha, because they live in a darkened land, Amre Shumata demechashkehan. They say darkened teachings. Uh, what's interesting about this is that we are, we have in rabbinic history, rabbinic culture, two major centers. There is Palestine, the land of Israel, and Babylon. And you will find in the course of of rabbinic literature sometimes competitions and criticisms between the two. We are, of course, studying the Babylonian Talmud. And and in about the third century, the major center of rabbinic learning shifted from Eretz Yisrael to Babylonia. And the Babylonian Talmud is certainly the greater by far uh, uh, compendium of learning than, than the Palestinian Talmud. It's the one that is accepted through history, and that's not just an accident of history. It is a much bigger, much more thoroughly worked over, and, and by every standard, a much greater 
by a much greater work. And there are certain occasions when the Babylonian Talmud uh, asserts, and the sages quoted in the Babylonian Talmud assert, that the real center of learning is and should be Babylonia. At the very end of Tractate Kitubot, for example, it states that anyone who migrates from Babylonia to Israel, that is to say anyone who makes, makes Aliyah to the land of Israel, violates a commandment because the Torah is so much greater in Babylonia that to move to Israel would be to, would be to abandon the Torah. However, there are a number of other cases, and even though this is the Babylonian Talmud, there are a number of other cases when the Babylonian Talmud does record that, uh, that the Palestinian traditions are greater. And here you have this figure, Rabbi Yirmiya, who himself was Babylonian and migrated to the land of Israel. He says that the, that the Palestinian traditions are better. And you, you find other cases in, uh, for example, in Tractate Sanhedrin, it states that the Babylonians are just nasty people. They're mean. And they, and they argue uh, um, with controversy and in a fiery way, whereas the Palestinian sages, according to that page, are kind and respectful, and they have a much, much greater culture. Over there in Tractate Sanhedrin, they quote a verse from the Book of Lamentations, hoshivani ki that he placed me in the dark places uh, as if the God placed me in the dark places like like those eternally dead. In other words, he sent me to hell. And what does that refer to, according to Tractate Sanhedrin? That refers to the style of learning that they have in Babylonia, because it is, it is so dark. And one finds any number of those teachings. Rabbi Zera is said, for example, to have fasted a hundred fasts when he emigrated from Babylonia to Palestine to forget all that terrible Torah that he had learned, he had learned back there. I have for you today just a, a reference to an interesting responsum that some of the medieval authorities cite to Maimonides, although I understand that an academic study uh, identified the true author not as Maimonides, Moshe ben Maimon, but his father. Uh, the Maimon, Maimon is the actual author, and this responsum quotes our passage and says that the reason is that the Babylonians didn't uh, understand the proper uh, uh, reasons for the law as was clear to the sages of Eretz Yisrael. This, by the way, is, is arguably true that the Babylonian Talmud has much more convoluted explanations. Characteristically, the Babylonian Talmud picks very convoluted and uh, dialectical reasons for, for the rulings in a way that, that the Jerusalem Talmud just plays a, plays a simpler kind of tune. And so the Rambam's father argued that it was the, the complicated uh, misunderstandings of the, of the reasons for the, for the law that made the Babylonian Talmud or the Babylonian style of Talmud so quote-unquote dark. However, Maimon, Rambam, Rambam's father, says that these relatively sharp or relatively unkind comments about the Babylonian style of learning is not for all generations, that is to say, at a certain point, the Babylonian Talmud acquired primacy. That the, that the sages of Rabbi Yirmiya's generation might have said this with justice, but that the reason that they said that had to do with how much uh, a persecution was foisted upon the Babylonians at a certain era. But when that ended, the Babylonian Talmud became the prime document, as it certainly was 
from from the you know early Middle Ages forward. So I think this is an interesting example of uh, rabbinic culture at work and and uh, internal criticism and a little bit of a sense of uh, how these people lived and what they thought about each other. Thanks for learning today's page with me, and I wish you well. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.